Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson. With us today is just a dear friend of mine. We were in a book club together when we both lived in Pittsburgh. Now we both live in different towns, but our friendship remains. I should say her name. It's Sally Pullman-Rinkle. Welcome, Sally. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yay. Uh, where are you joining us from? Because I, you know, I get a little teaser that we were both in Pittsburgh. <laughs> now we're in different towns. Now everyone's like dying to know. I'm in Girard, Kansas now. So 20 minutes from where I was. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your family and maybe your animals too. Yeah, I am married and I have a daughter and she's four and a half. And I kind of hate when people say this, but like four and a half going on 15, like she <laughs> is, is real sassy and we live here and we bought some, we have five acres so that we could have animals. And so we have, um, two dogs and five cats. And so when people say, how many cats do you have? I say, that's a rude question. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's personal. I don't know why you would ever ask someone that. Um, and we have chickens. We have six chickens and two ducks and some fish and a hermit crab. So that is what we have going on here. <laughs> six chickens. Oh, we have six. No, we don't have six cats. Sure. Max is miscounting our cats. Sorry. <laughs> He's in the other room correcting me. <laughs> oh. He told himself the other day we can't have six cats because we were holding a little kitten at the Humane Society that we had helped bottle feed. And he was like, we can't have six cats. We can't have six cats because she's just so cute. But yeah, so that's us. My dad lives close by. Max's parents live in Kansas City. We are both only children, uh, which is kind of an interesting dynamic. And so I said that it's kind of child abuse to Frey if that's my daughter, if um, she's an only child, because that's a lot of attention on one little person. I think it's like borderline, like... I don't know. That's a lot for one little person to live up to. So she has to split attention with all the animals. Right? Oh my. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. It, they are kind of like, <laughs> she got mad at one of the dogs the other day and accidentally called her her friend's name from school. So she was like, <laughs> like, oh, that's yeah. But what does that tell us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know lots of things. So. Um, I did think of you. I didn't even remember that this episode had the scene where just tons of puppies are like just puppies, just puppies everywhere. And I'm like, Sally is the perfect person for oh, this I have, episode. I have comments about the about the puppies. I too, bet you do so. though, and I, I I bet I have some ideas. I'm excited to hear them. I wonder if they're rough. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. But I'm fine. Ah. Um, oh, we also ask our guests what their history is with the show Parenthood. So I um, had never seen the show before. I had kind of like, like I knew for some reason, I knew that Max had autism before mm -hmm. I watched it. Like I had heard that out somewhere in the world, um, but I watched the pilot in preparation and I watched my episode and I listened to one episode of your podcast. So Yay. Oh, thanks. that was, that was all I knew. Well, and you had told us off mic that you had some questions for us based on the fact yes. that you saw the pilot and then you saw this. And yes. so I think that would be fun to just roll those out and okay. yeah. yeah, let's do it. Um, so number one is Zeke cheating because ah. there were the box of condoms. And then I was like, was and, but then of course I'm, I flash forward four seasons and I don't know what's going on. So Caleb, you want to feel that one? Uh, sure. Well, he's not currently cheating as far as okay. we know. Okay. There was some cheating. Actually, I don't know that he ever was actively cheating during 
the course of the series when we pick up like maybe those were leftover condoms yeah but it was okay or in case he relapses condoms yeah like just in case condoms yeah yeah. we've never gotten a lot of specifics (laughs) about the infidelity there was a woman up north Camille yeah, says. Yeah, it's what his wife says. Okay. Yeah. So she, so Camille knows about it. Yeah. Yeah, she okay. knew about it. And I always kind of, Melissa, you tell me what you think. Yeah. I think I always kind of inferred that it was one person, but that it was a very long time and that it was not purely physical, that there was, it was oh, very like a, emotional. Like a legit, like. In love with someone else. Okay. I think so. But the show is pretty vague. Like we've watched it a couple times. I've, I've even re-listened to those episodes of the podcast trying to figure it out. And and I think, yeah, I think it doesn't ever specifically say, but I think based on some things Camille says, that's what it seems like. Okay. That was one of my questions. Something I didn't mention earlier um, while we were recording is that I do have a chicken on my lap. So um, <laughs> if, if there's some rustling of feathers, that's what that is. What else? Oh, what happened to the barista that... Oh, um, Jim. Yeah, to Jim. <laughs> and also, as I was writing that question, I'm like, is it baristo? Like, if it's a boy? That's such a good question. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah. Jim, so what happened to Jim? Jim is crazy. We actually asked that question ourselves many times, even though we watched okay. the whole series. He was sort of on off for just a few episodes, Ultimately, she just wasn't that into him. Right. Yeah. And and he went on his way. But we do get this really fun episode where he has a poetry reading and Sarah ends up catering it. And all the poems are about her vagina. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think he had had sex in a while. So like, um, no, it may have been right. a very like driving point for him. Yeah. Yes. That, like, and um, you know, what happened to him is a good question because I feel like the last we see of him is like Sarah going to his place and kind of apologizing, but then they don't get back together or anything. There was, hmm. I don't know. I think they had sex and she ghosted him. I think that's what happened. Yeah. So they did yeah. kind of date though for a while after like, kind of, or just kind of like, okay. Yeah. She doesn't gotcha. treat him very well. And I feel kind of bad because I don't think you've gotten to know the character that perhaps I love the most, uh, Mark, um, which is funny because my husband, you know, is also Mark. But Mark Sear is um, currently Sarah's fiance. And she mentions okay. him in this episode. But She says my fiance, but that was like the extent of it. Yes. He is played by Jason okay. Ritter, uh, John Ritter's son in real life. Um, yeah. The most charming person ever, and he's a high school English teacher, and that's how they met. She, he, he was uh, teaching her daughter's uh, English class, and they gotcha. started to date, and then they decided to wait until she had graduated, and so now they're together again, and I love them, but you you haven't had the pleasure of meeting him. Yeah, I was like, oh, Sarah's, Sarah's engaged, and yeah. so not I assumed Jim. it wasn't Jim. No. Um, <laughs> that was my feeling, is yeah. that it probably was not Jim. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I think Christina's hair got so much better. Mm. Isn't it like platinum in the pilot? And it's just not good. Like, no. it's just not flattering. But she's so pretty. Why? why and she's mean? gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like a weird, almost like Stepfordy, like, yeah, very, like, it felt stiff. And yeah. then later, it's just like, more relaxed. And um, I wrote down um, at one point, 
Christina holding random baby, oh, it's hers. So because <laughs> it just took a minute for me to understand that that Nora was hers. So. Oh, and this is the first uh, time I should make mention of this. This was really the first time that I recognized that baby as the twins from Jane the Virgin. And Caleb had told yeah. me that a while back. Oh, have you really? ever seen Jane the Virgin? I um, have. I loved Jane the Virgin, but yeah. I didn't know. Raphael's twins. Anna um, and Elsa? Yes, that- Anna and Elsa. <laughs> yes. That that yes. baby is really twins. Really? In real life. And oh, yes. how funny. I know. And I would never have realized that. Uh, but this time I really got a good look at her face. And I'm like, yeah. That's so that actor's going places. Cute baby. Oh my gosh. And we should say those. (laughs) Yeah. What are their names? Mia and Ella Allen. Yay. Okay. That's my chicken. I don't know if that you you just heard that really (laughs) weird noise. I'm sorry about that. We need more chickens on this podcast. So I think it's good. (laughs) Sorry. Then this is kind of my last thing from the pilot. I guess Max being afraid of fire was kind of just an interesting Max. Oh yeah. my, My husband's name is Max. Max was watching it with me and he's like, like Frankenstein's monster and I was like it's a weird thing to kind of like I don't because I understand like phobias but it it just I'm always interested in how they handle mental health stuff because it's like because I'm a therapist and so I'm just hypersensitive to that kind of stuff but like I'm so glad that people have representation like that they can see that but then I also think it's interesting how they kind of choose to put people into certain boxes and and of course there are certain criteria that people meet to be diagnosed with autism but just the things that they kind of picked out were were interesting like they said oh and you know he wears his pirate costume and that's something I feel like it's like quirky and like we can be like oh it's kind of cute but weird and then when he's telling I can't remember who he's telling about it but he he's like in the tantrums but we, but we sure didn't really see any of the like tantrums and so oh. I just thought it was interesting kind of what they they chose to kind of pick and choose there Something interesting that I feel like the pirate costume gets dropped almost immediately. Almost immediately. I feel like in the second episode or something, Adam's playing with him and he's wearing the pirate costume. And then I feel like we never see that again. They're like, we fixed it, you guys. (laughs) It's It's not an issue anymore. He's no typical now. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) The fire comes back for a Halloween episode because Christina goes all through the neighborhood trying to get everyone in the neighborhood instead of to like put candles in the jack-o'-lanterns to like have like glow stick things or something sure Uh, but I feel like we haven't really seen the fire thing in a while but tantrums nearly constant do we see tantrums okay we we see a lot of and there I mean like in this episode like he had some issues where he was like with the dog he got really fixated on the dog and he was really agitated about that and stuff but it wasn't like a I don't know and I felt like they kind of added in like Adam says I'll, I'll be here at like three o'clock on the nose. And he's like, what does a nose have to do with it? And I'm like, oh, he doesn't understand because he has autism. Like there were just some <laughs> things like that that I was like, just interesting how they kind of portray it. Okay. Yeah, he said before that he hates expressions. Yeah. He takes things literally. literally. Yeah. But I also noticed in one scene, he said, you guys said that you would sleep on it and you slept on it. And I thought, would Max use that expression? Would he because use that expression? Didn't... They didn't yeah. literally sleep on it. That's a, That's a point. great point. Great. Or point. was that his way of like buttering them up? Like, hey, I'm allowing you guys to use this ridiculous expression. Now will you get <laughs> yeah. me a dog? Please? Now will you get right me now. a damn dog? Yeah. You said right. we were getting a dog. Yeah. Well, so. those were awesome. I love that. And that was like really fun because now we're basically, I mean, we're a little bit actually more than halfway through, but you know, this is a six season show. 
And so like kind of a midway check-in, how, how well is the pilot holding up? <laughs> so I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we today are discussing Parenthood season four, episode two, Left Field. It was written by David Hudgens, directed by Lawrence Trilling. It originally aired on September 18th, 2012. And here is the DVD synopsis. Victor and his new family get acclimated as Hank helps Sarah better understand her son. Christina convinces Adam to fill a missing void in the household and receives news that may change her life forever. The first shot of this episode is Crosby and Jasmine on the kitchen floor. And there are some things I won't ask you because you're my friends. (laughs) Like if you've ever had sex on a kitchen floor. But I will just say this. I will not rule it out forever in the future, but that does not sound appealing to me. (laughs) Maybe I just don't keep my kitchen floor clean enough. I don't know. But I just thought, gross, get up from there. (laughs) I I was happy that they were happy. But beyond that, I want to find the exact quote from... When Harry met Sally, Harry and Sally are newly friends and they're talking about um, how she and her boyfriend Joe had decided not to have kids and they thought it would be so great because they can just pick up and travel anywhere and they can have, you know, sex on the kitchen floor. And then um, Harry is like, well, did you do those things? You know, and she's like, no, we never picked up and traveled. And he's like in the floor and she's like, not once. It's just a very cold, hard Mexican ceramic tile. (laughs) So yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I'm like, is that something people really do in real life? Or is that just something that sounds sexy? But if you... Right. It seems to me like a don't shit where you eat kind of thing. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know sex and shitting are not the same, but... They're both kind of primal. <laughs> yeah. But then their comment was they're going to do it in every room of the house. Yeah. So I have heard that and that makes sense to me. Yeah. So then I suppose... I, like maybe the, the counter question would be, would have is there a better that? place the in the kitchen? The counter sounds sexier to me. The count, yeah. yeah, maybe the like counter. on the table with a tablecloth. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that you then immediately that wash. you then immediately wash, and then yeah. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of the way it's supposed to be sexy when someone just like clears the table. Right. And I'm just like, now you have to pick all that up. It's like, such a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And did you have anything valuable on the table that, you know, is now anyway? I'm with you. Jasmine and Crosby's story in this episode is pretty small. It's insanity. Every time Christina adds something to their calendar, his phone starts dinging. So all day long at work, it's just ding, 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 as she adds hair appointment, Max, this and that. I'm going to burp. I mean. Well, why do you care? Maybe it works for them. Wouldn't that drive you crazy? If every time I add something to our schedule, your phone started vibrating and making noise? Oh, well, I wouldn't know because we've never had one. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right, and we should never have one. I'm telling you, the second you start planning every little detail of your life, weeks in advance, they, they schedule sex. They call it funky town. Yeah. The oh, second we start cute. doing that, we are officially old and married. Well, we are old and married. Oh, maybe you're old and married. I'm not. I'm in a hot, steamy relationship really? that sometimes ends on the floor of this kitchen. So it made me wonder, our married guest and our married co-host, do you have any scheduling tips or tricks that, <laughs> with your spouses? Well, we don't have a shared calendar. I, so I don't know. I mean, I think just like I have a calendar and then I just let Max know when we're doing something. That's kind of what, yeah. We've never left free at school. So that's, <laughs> I feel good about that. Yeah. That we haven't ever forgotten her at school. That so. is very good. I would say mm-hmm. 
we also have a calendar and by we I mean Mark. Uh, Mark is the by far the more responsible of, of the two. I assumed it would be like a kind of a mirror of what of yeah. what we have. Like yeah. it's interesting. I think Mark and I are very uh, similar to the typical relationship, like like gender wise, only flipped. Like Mark does the cooking and he's the more responsible one it's very interesting I'm, I'm just like oh and I'm like the hapless you know? I love it <laughs> yeah Not hapless. I, I, love, but I love the dynamic <laughs> but it is true it's funny I often tell people let me check with Mark and then I worry that it sounds like I'm checking like like let me get my husband's permission and I'm like no 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 he has everything written down let <laughs> me check he has a calendar I actually have no clue if I can am I free no. I don't know yeah <laughs> let me check with Mark if they knew Mark, I feel like they would know that you weren't asking permission. Right. But like. He'd be yeah. like, why are you asking my permission? What are we from the 1500s? God. That's, a, that's my impression of Mark. <laughs> it's good. It's Thank good. you. I remember in middle school being forced to use a student planner. And I hated that. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I can manage my own schedule in my head. Thank you very much. Also, I just sort of scoffed at being forced to do anything. But once I reached adulthood, I do write everything down. That's gotten a bit lax throughout the pandemic because <laughs> there's just nothing to juggle. But in general, I like schedules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I absolutely hate when other people are late, even though I feel like I myself am uh, not often, but sometimes late. I, I have such trouble being places on time and Mark is always hours early. I just, ugh. but yes, it's hard. I, mm -hmm. the thing I really took just note of in this storyline was I thought Crosby had weird ideas of what was sexy. Like, like it's sexy not to have plans, you know, and it's, it's stupid to schedule sex. And I'm like, you know, the fact that they're scheduling it means it's a priority. I don't understand how that isn't, sexy I don't know like I feel like wouldn't it be sadder if they just let months go by and they didn't address it or something you know I'm, I'm like D -d don't be so judgy you know I liked I like Jasmine she was all like that's kind of cute <laughs> I'm like it is mm -hmm. it is I don't know and I think yeah. like it's just his fear of getting boring or getting older or he's just projecting I think yeah well and I I also appreciated when they were rushing to the school to get Jabbar Jasmine said, you know, I tried to do it your way and I tried not to be controlling because I know you don't like that. But, you know, now our kid is just, well, actually, I believe she says now my kid is just <laughs> sitting at school waiting for his parents. But I thought it was, even though it was in the midst of an outburst, it was a nice peek into like her self-awareness mm -hmm. that she knows they are different kinds of people. And she was consciously trying to do things his way. Because mm -hmm. she knew I have a tendency to be a little controlling. I know he doesn't like that. And I want to respect that he doesn't like that. So I'm going to try and not be controlling now. But you know what? In this instance, it did not work. My way was better. And she was right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I did appreciate that when Crosby then synced their calendars, he seemed on board with it. Yeah. It didn't seem yeah. like, a oh, I've been defeated. It was like. I'm sorry. Yes, I understand the value of this and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I, I was like f unreasonably furious for Jasmine when they didn't eat her salmon dinner. I was really <gasps> mad about that. I was like, are you kidding me right now? And then like, and and it's like painting him as like, oh, I'm fun. I get to go get, pe we get to go get pizza. And I'm like, no, she just worked like 
busting her ass to make dinner for yeah. you. And and Max's comment was, if you don't want salmon, like fresh salmon now, you're probably not going to want leftover salmon tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not necessarily going to make salmon better, but I was so mad for her. Me too. Me too. I thought it was so disrespectful. I know. In front of their kids too. And that's like, it's kind of like the, I mean, it kind of is like the puppy thing. Like one parent saying like, hey, let's do this fun thing without any like input from the other parent. It's like, yeah. now you've told the kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if the other parent wants to have a different opinion, they're like automatically bad cop. The, yeah. yeah, the bad guy. Yeah. 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 Well, and I thought, you know what would have been supportive, Crosby, when Jabbar looked a little disappointed, like, oh, salmon, for Crosby to say, it's going to be delicious. You know, right. or like your mom's salmon is the best or, you know, like she worked really hard. That is right. being supportive. But the fact that he needed to be cool and not boring so much that in that moment he totally undermined his wife and that that really did bother me, too. I was very mad. Mm -hmm. And then when it got to the point where, like, they couldn't make plans with their friends because he was being all wishy-washy, I was mad mm -hmm. about that, too. I'm like, this is just not dependable. And then I start getting like, you know how you're not supposed to like throw old stuff out, you know, at people during an argument. <laughs> I was like, this is why she didn't tell you had a son for five years. <laughs> like I got very mad. Like she can't count on you. And I know this is like really small, but yeah, I mean, I think it seems like a small storyline, but it really does. I mean, like, you know, she thinks he's so not dependable that for five years he, yeah, she, like she tried to call him to tell him that she was pregnant and he didn't ever call her back. So she's like, fine, you don't ever get to know. And so okay, like, I wondered about that because it was like, as we were seeing her introduce him to Jabbar, Max was like, that was the worst way that that could have gone for anyone because it's like, uh, it just felt like a, such a gut punch. Like when she's like, this is, he wants to meet his dad. And yeah. then the kid's standing there staring at him. I was like, that poor baby. And like, what is, what is happening? And so yeah, I wondered how that kind of played out and how they got together. And I listened from your other one. I knew that they weren't together from your other episode and that they had gotten like basically engaged while they were both <laughs> dating other people. Yes. So I was like, I think they've had a rocky road. They have. Yeah. And he still won't share a calendar with her and he's an eager salmon. So what the hell? What the hell, Crosby? Yeah, absolutely. So I know Melissa also wanted to just emphatically agree with Jasmine when she says We need couple friends. <laughs> we, we need, need couple, couple friends. friends. Yeah. yeah. Or any friends. Yeah. yeah. That is a running refrain on this podcast. Like the cast is so big that I think they're just like, well, it can only be family members. There are no friends possible on this show. So none of them have friends with anyone. And so they have very um, unhealthy relationships with each other. Sure. Yeah. Lots of boundaries get crossed. They do need friends. And then I thought Sally and Max are some of our favorite couple friends. <laughs> it can be a tricky balance because it can sometimes yeah. you have a friend and then they marry someone, you, you know, you're like, eh, about, you know, but then we met you and Max and we're like, nope, you're both just, it the does very feel best. like a treasure. Like yeah. it is a treasure <laughs> to find like two people that are together that you both get along with yeah both, both yeah. people like both people yes yeah like you and max talk mark and i talk you and i talk like it's just totally it's yeah yeah and max doesn't like a lot of people so yeah mark's pretty <laughs> curmudgeon -y. like yeah <laughs> so high standards yeah that's, it. That. that's, that's it. good that's good yeah well let's go to drew's storyline First of all, when 
they're saying goodbye to him at the beginning before his first day of school. And Sarah says, wash your hands. And Zeke is like rolling his eyes at her advice. I just took the note. Wash your hands is pretty good advice in general. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a bad tip. It really resonates in 2021, doesn't it? I, absolutely. Yeah. She's just yeah. ahead of her time. Yeah. But anyway, Melissa, you totally called it. I was like. In the last episode. It is. Amy met someone at camp. Sally, I called it. Like, have you ever read Forever by Judy Bloom? I haven't. It's exactly like Forever by Judy Bloom. I said that at the last episode. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I won't get into the whole thing, but I was just, yeah, I was super excited. I called it. Oh. <laughs> you and Daddy take him outside. Caleb's going to edit this out. It's fine. <laughs> so I thought it was awful that that girl got a ride from him to school and then broke up with him. Yeah. Like, I, didn't I didn't even think, think it was. Of that, She's yeah. like, I really want to tell you sooner. And I'm like, you let him pick you up at your house, take yeah. you to school. And then you're like, I don't want to date you anymore. Like right before, like could, if you're going to wait, wait till the end of the day. Yeah. Like anyway. Maybe but she just really didn't want to ride the bus. And that's terrible. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like I was like, oh, that's so cold. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was one instance where I totally forgave Drew for using the cliche Hollywood. Are you breaking up with me? It always rubs me the wrong way when people do it because I'm like, you know, if someone's breaking up with you or not. But in his case, I thought he's never been broken up with. before. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that he he might not know rather than usually I feel like the show is just not trusting the audience to mm. understand. So they just yeah. spell it out. Yeah. No, I hey, everyone, he didn't in know. case you didn't realize they're breaking <laughs> up right now. <laughs> That's what's happening. No, I felt so bad. And, you know, I guess she did it nicely, but you're totally right. Like, th th that sucked that she let him drive her. <laughs> like, that, yeah. And then he's just supposed to go have his first day of school. And when he said that line about, yeah, I don't want to walk in with me on your arm or whatever, I thought, that's just sort of sad. I like, you know, mm -hmm. she could say, no, that's not it, but that's exactly how it seems. And yeah. Yeah. You know, then I think when is a good time to break up with a person? Maybe you go over there the night before so he has a chance to sleep on it. Like process it or something instead of having to walk into school and then like, and also it was kind of awful because she's like, well, I met this guy. It's not serious, but I want to break up with you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. like, I just realized I don't like you is what I realized by having this <laughs> casual thing with someone else. Also, yeah, to say it's not serious makes me think, so you did cheat on me just casually let you casually. know yeah because it would be different if she said mm -hmm. i met someone nothing happened but it made me realize maybe i don't want to just have one boyfriend at this time in my life i i'm young something like that but to say it's nothing serious i'm like oh so you just like made out a little like you know like yeah yeah, yeah. like i definitely did some hand stuff but <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like that either i yeah. also don't want to be with you so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. poor Drew. Well, when he goes to pick up Sarah, this is so small, but I wondered why did he go inside? I mean, I realized he went inside because we needed Hank to learn that he had been broken up with. But I was like, did we not know nine years ago what we could convey with the text? Like Sarah <laughs> gets a text from him saying, oh, Drew's here. Bye. Well, then Sarah, go outside. Go outside. Why yeah. does he come in? Yeah, and then she true. sends him back out before she leaves. Oh, that's true. 
it just it struck me as a little clunky. Didn't bother me at all. I often like to get out, stretch my legs, go. But you know, maybe not the day I was broken up with. Maybe I would like because he hide super in the car. didn't. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's like true. he he was like, I don't want to talk. Yeah, some, he's like, yeah, mom, something happened. Yeah. Well, let's discuss Sarah and Hank's opinions about Drew's breakup. There was a guy who worked for me for two years. He, he never said anything. I didn't know anything about his personal life. I didn't even know he was married. I miss that guy. Well, I'm not that guy. Bernie. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not Bernie, but can you just tell me your opinion? If you want to know my opinion, I think you're being an idiot. Wow. Okay. That's constructive. No, you are. Okay. Why? Your son got dumped, and you're you're all over him. You're fawning over him. You're, I care. Oh, I'm interested. Okay. Doodlepuss, don't I'm not worry. Gonna call him Doodlepuss. I'm worried, and he's in pain. Of I, it's course, his he's mother. in pain. Of course, women women are, are conniving soul crushes, and if he realizes that, he'll he'll be okay. He has oh. a chance. Oh my God! Somebody did not get invited to prom. No, I did get invited to prom. No, that's right. Really? I was prom king. No, you weren't. I was prom king. Wow. I got laid the whole deal. All right. You know why? Because I was cool. I drove a Honda CX 500. I listened to the Dead instead of disco. I, I sold pot out of the back of Joey Nichols' car, and we made a lot of money. And my mother never even met my girlfriends, much less gave me dating advice. I would have laughed at her. So I should tell Drew to. Wait, get a motorcycle and sell pot, and that'll make him feel better? No, it's simpler than that. Well, what should he do? He sh- he, you know what he should do? He should sleep with her best friend, because that she'll take notice of. Because <gasps> she's going to do it to him. That's just the thing. She's going to do it to him. So get there first, and you see, see, you ask my opinion, and then this happens. And that's, that didn't happen with Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I get that that's really shitty advice, but she almost had, like, a visceral reaction, I felt like. And I didn't know if that was just her reaction or something else was. But she, like, starts backing away from him. And, like, it it was really interesting to me, her reaction. I just thought that was such a gross thing to say. And that was my guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, oh, I, here was my reaction. I thought, well, parenthood, if you're presenting this as an alternative to Mark, you can just stop right now. He would never say that. <laughs> Ever. He's like not just a high school teacher, but he's like a very kind, good teacher who sees kids as people. And I'm like, he would just never say that. I, I don't know. I felt very pro Mark and defensive of Mark in that moment because I'm like, what a monster. But actually, I think that's the only monstrous thing he said. I thought everything else he said was pretty good, actually. Like... I don't know. Not the part about being he's like, cool, but like he's like obviously like jaded though. Yeah, that's true. Because in what he says later too, he's like women are terrible. Like he says again, like that you'll never understand women. And then like it's a weird like weird gender role type stuff. And it's such a turnoff to me. Like oh, you know what I want? Mm-hmm. I want a man who hates all women, thinks <laughs> that we speak in incomprehensible language, um, who takes one bad experience it and, and like applies it to every woman who's ever lived. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. When, when Sarah says, wow, someone did not get invited to prom. Okay. So she was wrong about that, but it does make me curious to note something has happened yeah. with Hank. Who hurt him? You right. Know, yeah. <laughs> right. Someone hurt him I, or... He is a monster. Mm-hmm. Well, because, but he also says like, because she's going to do it to him. 
like yeah. and so you're like oh right. hank like someone did that to you like yeah. someone yeah. but also like if someone did that to you and it felt really yucky then don't tell someone else to do that thing like, yeah yeah good point the part of what he said that i think did make some sense was that i think Sarah's impulse is to get more involved, be more present. And what Drew probably wants is more space right now. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought was fine. And in some ways, generally speaking, I think less supervision can be good for kids to give them autonomy and let them learn some lessons on their own. But yeah, Hank went <laughs> through a lot of other ugly stuff. Yeah, a lot of to stuff. make but also, those like slightly good points. If Hank, if this is if Hank is new, why does she want his opinion? Like, why isn't That's she asking her fiance question. for his opinion? Yeah, he's a man. Also, when she's like, "I'd like a man's opinion," right? And there's the one part where I think, well, what was Hank supposed to do? She's begging him to give his opinion. Yeah. I don't think he would have called her an idiot or said Drew should sleep with the friend. If she were like Bernie. Right. And she would have just been Bernie. Like, yeah, he's, and he's just, warning her, like, I worked with this guy. I didn't speak. It was great. Like, can you just I, take that's it? That's what I want. Take a nod from that. And she's like, no, tell me, tell me, tell me. And he's like, right. okay, then. Yeah. Here is my opinion. Mm-hmm. You did ask to hear it. So, yeah, I don't know. But it makes me wonder, is Sarah asking for his opinion because he's there and she just likes to talk and be personable with everyone she's around, which I do think is true. Or... Is she attracted to him? Like at this point in the series, I can't tell. I mean. Yeah. And is she maybe like, let's research this attraction. Like, is this a viable path? Let's test him with how would you handle this? And then I would say he fails this test (laughs) spectacularly. Yeah. So I don't know. I really can't tell. Yeah. I also really loved that what Drew took from what he tells him later is it's okay to be sad because he says those other kind of crappy things. Here's the thing. Two things. One, happy endings is uh, it's a myth. It's, you know, maybe. And um, two, you're never going to understand women. <laughs> never. Yeah. No, never, never, never. I, yeah, I know. And three. It's okay to be sad. I mean, I think that shows what a sweet boy he is, that he's like, he just said, like, it's okay to be sad. And that's what he needed to hear. Like, he knows women aren't crazy. Like, I think he respects his mom. He respects probably his aunts and his grandma. And so, like, his sister, their best friends. Yeah, and his sister, like, he's a good boy. (laughs) Because they don't have any other friends. (laughs) And so he just, so he took, like, what he needed from that conversation. And I thought that that was a really good thing because people are going to tell your kids stuff, you know? And, like, you just have to hope that you've created, like, an environment for them to take what they need from those things. Wow, really good point. I love that because I agree. The whole time Hank was talking, I was upset. I was like, you're talking about this girlfriend of yours from high school. And the things you're saying are that she had like gorgeous legs and a great rack or something. And I'm like, and you feel like that's what you should tell this teenage boy. You know, then he goes on to say she was really smart, smarter than me. But I'm like, Ugh, like you can't just say she was pretty. I don't You have to objectify her in this way. Yeah. And again, and I also was like, lead with good personality. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like don't lead with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And again, I thought Mark would just never say that. And then I found this fascinating because Sally, a little backstory for you is that Drew doesn't really connect with Mark that much. They had an episode where Mark like was kind of trying to get closer to him and took him like to dinner and was being maybe a little too pushy, but his intentions were good. You know, he wanted them to have a relationship and Drew ended up crying. He was just very upset 
that his mom was with this man who was younger. And at the time, they were considering having a baby, and Drew hated that idea. It was very uncomfortable for him. And then I just took note of how comfortable Drew seemed with Hank. I'm like, he seems to Mm -hmm. already like Hank much more than he likes Mark, even though, in my opinion, Mark is a really great person who doesn't say troubling shit about women. And, you know, teenagers don't want you to try. Yeah. You know, and so if he's with someone who's like really trying, he's gonna be like, why are you really trying? Like, and someone who just seems to be just spouting stuff off, he's gonna be like, oh, this guy seems okay. Yeah. Hank isn't trying too hard. And that's what Drew likes. That's true. Yeah. When that's, I remember that episode, Melissa, saying that I felt so bad for Mark because Mark, his heart was clearly in a wonderful place, but he was kind of forcing it instead of letting Drew kind of come to him mm-hmm. and this is a good point that you brought up that i didn't even realize all i could think is why is drew there with hank alone <laughs> like <laughs> once again drew is just yeah. hanging out at his mom's work and there's no explanation why but yeah he did seem comfortable with hank but yeah. i'm sure if drew said nothing hank would have been fine with that too so it was really an environment where like drew if you want to say something to hank you can, and you can be in control of this conversation because he's not going to say one word to you. <laughs> and I feel like we're supposed to think, see, Hank, heart of gold underneath all that toxicity. And I'm not there. Um, no, definitely <laughs> I not. I didn't think it was gold. Yeah. But I think that is Bronze. what they're trying. Like, oh, yeah, maybe he says some stuff, but it's okay. It's like, well, it's mm. okay to be sad. And I'm like, you know what? It is okay to be sad. It That's is okay to be advice. sad. Yeah, but, but it would be really great if he could have said that without all the misogynist bullshit too. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. But I do continue to like Ray Romano. Like he is just very, very funny. So. Max was yeah. very excited to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Max cool. was also, my, my Max was also very excited that Camille is the mom from Die Hard apparently. <laughs> yes. And so he was just thrilled. But yeah, <laughs> just yes. as, a, as a side note. I love that. Caleb, what were your final thoughts on the Hank, Sarah? Oh, the last thought I was going to say was I didn't think Sarah was being nosy or paranoid when she went to Drew to ask him what Hank said. No, <laughs> so, that was good. No, I actually parenting. think this is yeah. good follow up because yes. like based on what he said to her, I was like, this is reasonable. Yeah. No, I felt the same way. Sometimes I would find that pushy. Not in this case. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally and I, agree. <laughs> and I agreed with her when she was like, I don't think this is your guy. I know you want this, but wrong tree, buddy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Victor. We need to talk about Victor. (laughs) We need to talk about Victor. First question for the panel. Did you ever fake being sick to avoid stuff at school you didn't want to deal with? I don't think I did. Although I, I do believe that my mom had a policy that I was allowed to miss two days of school each school year, uh, like a mental health day. And so if I ever just didn't want to go, I could tell her. Um, and I think that that's only, awesome. Yeah. I think it only worked because it was two days and I never, you know, abused that or anything. So I just mm. don't think we had a culture where I had to fake that. But the times I would be tempted would be when we were running the mile in gym. That would be when I would want to be absent. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> totally uh, agree okay. with that. So yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I guess you didn't fake sick. That's no, I think I said, can I stay home so I don't have to run the mile? And I think my mom was like, running the mile is dumb. I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can stay home. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Sally? I I don't know that I did for school. 
school, I know, I know maybe at my old job, I, I took <laughs> mental health days for yeah. myself, but yeah. yeah, I don't think I did. Did you, Caleb? You know, I've said before that my parents were sort of similar, in, especially once I got to high school. Like if I just didn't want to go, then they would call and say I was sick. But I, it, it did make me think a little bit in middle school. And I think really particularly seventh grade is when I remember I had a string of going to school, but then calling, it was my mom always, calling my mom and saying, I don't feel good. I need to go home. Hmm. And it was usually even in the same third period math. So it was like probably like 11 or so in the morning. And I would call her and she would leave work, come get me, take me home. And I don't remember how often I did it, but I feel like it was a lot. Did you just hate math? I was getting teased and oh. and stuff a lot in middle school. And it was, it's just a weird time. And yet I don't remember ever really doing this like in sixth or eighth grade. So I think it was that one year specifically, I was just having a tough time. Caleb, that makes me so sad. The idea of anyone teasing you. It makes me sad in retrospect. Like I just don't want to be here so bad that I'm gonna. Yeah, you love learning and leave. And I don't remember. I I feel like I did it enough that I'm sure my mom wondered what's going on here. Wow. But I don't remember her ever asking me. And in retrospect, I feel like that was. I like how she handled it because it was just no questions asked. Yeah. If I need something, she just shows up and was there for me and takes care of it. And it did end. So, you know, if it had gone on for years, I'm sure at some point it would have been a, what's happening here? Do I need to know something? But that must be so hard as a parent to know when you should step in, when you should, I mean, that seems like a theme here. Like should Sarah be super involved with Drew And, you know, Joel and Julia navigating how to be with Victor, that would just be so hard. You know, I was drawn to something that Julia said in the beginning about how, you know, in the big pictures, missing a few days of school, really that big of a deal. And I thought the same thing, like that would be such a hard part of parenting because there are, I'm I'm sure there's things in the moment like, oh, my, my kid's speech is delayed a little bit or like. They're not sleeping alone. They're sleeping in bed with us every night or they're slow to be potty trained or, or you know, any number of things that probably in the moment feel like enormous problems. But then once they're solved in retrospect, it's like, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I'm thinking about like one of my sisters, one of her kids slept in the bed with her much longer than my sister would have preferred. And it was like, oh, gosh, will this ever end? Yeah, it did. And it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It was fine. But at the time, how do you have faith that it will pass? How do you know, is this a big deal? Is this something I really need to address? Or will it work itself out? Sally, what do you think about that, both as a parent and a therapist? I think you don't ever know. And that's what's so scary (laughs) is like, because it's happening. And yeah, like it's that, you know, hindsight's 2020 thing. Like you can look back and be like, that, that ended, but you don't know. And there's all this pressure, I think. And I, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking alone here. I think that parents feel so much pressure to like do the right thing all the time. And every kid is different because they're little unique human beings. And so every situation is different and every kid is different. And 
you know, we actually just went through this thing with Frey where she got three timeouts at school in one week. And so it was like, and she was, it was for like putting hands on other kids, which is so unusual. And it was like, oh, what, what do I do? Because I haven't really dealt with something like that before with her. And so feeling like, you know, knowing how I want to handle it, but then thinking about how other people are going to view how I handle it. And like, because I'm, I'm pretty laid back about some things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'm just talking about like, you know, this is how we handle our feelings and and big feelings and strong feelings. And, but then knowing like that there's going to be some potential input from every other person that might know about it and what is right. And it's tough. Like being a parent is, is hard, I think. And, and that's, I, you know, I'm kind of reluctant to say that because it's, it's something I chose to do. You know, I, yeah. I very specifically, um, you know, Max and I very specifically made a play in and, and had a baby, but like, it is hard. And I don't think, you know, until you're in it, like what to do or how hard yeah. it's going to be. I work with college students now, but I used to work with, with children. And I, I just think it is so difficult. And it's interesting because like when, before I had a child, I, and I worked with parents, I would get pushed back sometimes about like, well, oh, you don't know. Cause you don't have a kid. But then when I had a kid, it was like, well, you don't have a middle schooler and then you don't have a high schooler. Well, you just have one kid. And so it was like never enough. Like yeah. once I did have a kid, you know, it was still, and it wasn't even like necessarily parents I worked with. It was even coworkers wow. saying things like that. Oh, well that'll change when you have a kid. And, and some things did and some things didn't. And I think that's okay. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be shameful that some right. things might change. <laughs> like your opinion might change, but I think it's that defensiveness of like, oh, well you think something different than me. So you're saying I'm wrong. And so you're, you're, opinion is going to change. You know, it's okay. Like we're all doing our best. No one wakes up and is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like super fuck up my kid today. Like even even people that do, I don't think that's on their agenda. No. (laughs) And so, yeah. Well, let's hear how Julia tackles this school issue with Victor. Victor, you have to go to school. You can't miss three days in a row. My stomach still hurts. Victor, I know new school can be scary. And I know that it might still be scary living with us. But I need you to be brave for me, okay? I need you to do this. Money. okay. I will stay right here. You go to school, but if you need me, if you need anything, I'll be right here. All day? All day. You swear? Do you know Pinky swear? Before we get into serious discussion, I have three small comments. Number one, in the first season, she buys that parking spot. Was that only for the year? I can't remember. But she shouldn't even be in the pickup line. She should be in her parking spot that she paid $2,000 for almost. That feels like that should be for the entire time her kids are in school, but okay. Number two, <laughs> in, the, in the season four premiere, Joel comments that it's been five months. They've had him for five months. This can't be the first time he was going to go to school with them. What did they do fourth quarter last year? Yeah, I do wonder about that. Number three, did she not eat lunch that day? I'm, okay, those are my three dumb... <laughs> points because she's in the car all day well I have one on kind of similar to that is like yeah could she not have worked in the car 
Like, I guess maybe she didn't have her laptop, but that doesn't seem very believable either. Cause then she's up at 3 a.m. working and we're like, work in the car, girl. Like, what do yeah. you. Yeah. But you hear her send an email. Yeah. But I would have, yeah, I would have assumed she was. And we've seen her, you know, in previous episodes, like on a road trip, doing lots of work on yeah. her laptop from the front seat. Yeah. And I, I realized that wouldn't be optimal. She might have to catch up. While we're poking holes in this storyline, <laughs> I'm going to flash forward just a little bit. I'm going to play this scene between her and Joel later to discuss that. But how did Joel not know until three in the morning what she did? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, here's my actual, <laughs> here's a substantive question. Okay, yes. What do you think Victor's fear is, especially considering that Julia parked outside all day seemed to help him do you think that means it was more that he didn't want to be left somewhere than it was about like specifically school that's a good question and i don't know his backstory do we know his backstory we, we don't, don't know much really either his mom's in prison his, his birth mom i, I think mean that's all we i know. guess that's what i would go back to is just not yeah not wanting to be left i mean because that and some another new thing and our kids picking on him and and it brings up a good point too that that you said melissa like summer is going to be a couple months and so he's maybe he's developing a bond with them and so he doesn't want to leave them now and maybe he didn't have that bond before with them he was like whatever take me to school I don't care and now he kind of has had the summer with them maybe and is starting to feel a connection and doesn't want to leave oh. them I don't know maybe he I, wouldn't have cared as much about being yeah like, all right take me to, school. to another house or something but now yeah. yeah he doesn't want to be left at all I like that he starts to feel a connection maybe I don't like how she said I know this isn't necessarily related, but I don't, I don't like how she said, like, do it for, be brave for me, mm. because I feel like that's such a, like, I think she's really trying and here I'm being a judgy parent now, but um, <laughs> it's, it's more from a therapist side, but. And she's fictional. She, yeah. And she's fictional. So it doesn't matter. She <laughs> yeah. looks distractingly like Julia Stiles. And the fact that they named her Julia <laughs> is like. Oh, that is a good point. I'm like, why? But um, she says like, be brave for me, do this for me. It's like, okay. And, and if they don't, cause they're kind of like. I mean, it seems like maybe they don't have quite that much of a connection where he may be like, why do I care about like this is about you, lady? This is yeah. about me, <laughs> me being afraid. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, like putting her, like putting her stuff on him and, and he's just a little boy. And yeah, that's, that's a lot to carry. You're totally right. Yeah. It feels unintentionally manipulative, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like good intentions, but yeah. Well, and I always find it tricky when people tell someone to be brave or to be anything, really be calm, be, right. you know, like to tell right. anybody like, not to feel what they're feeling. Right. I, I feel like it makes sense to say you can't miss three days in a row. That feels more factual and less like, you know, and maybe like the way that Hank tells Drew that it's okay to be sad, maybe say you right. don't have to be brave, but you have to find a way to make it through the day. And if it will help for me to be here, I'll be, be here for you. Yeah, yeah I'll be here for you. It's like okay that. to be scared. It's okay not to be brave. It's okay to be whatever, you know, like more yeah. validating than kind of. But I also, it was super interesting again to watch the pilot and then watch this of like Julia. And I, I obviously don't know what happens in between, but Julia feeling like, okay, my kid likes, is Sydney, is that her little girl? Yeah, yeah. Sid, Sydney, he likes Joel better, whatever. Like it's fine. And you can tell that she does, she's not really okay with it, but she's like, she is kind of choosing work over her daughter. And then with him, it's like, oh, I won't go to work today so that I can be with him. And like, just feeling like she's really making this hard shift of like, no, I'm going to put my child first instead of I'm going to put work first. And I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting mood change for her. Yeah, that's a, a cool point. Cause I had kind of forgotten 
that it was a significant point that Sydney liked Joel more. I mean, they yeah. hit it hard in the, yeah, and like, like kind of shameful, like kind of like, like it got like to the point where it got quiet at dinner because she was like, I want daddy to cut up my food. And everyone kind of like yeah. silently judging her that her kid likes her dad more, which like kids say stuff for yeah. one thing, but like, it was just this, this, they hit it really hard that like, she's choosing work and she's maybe okay with that. And he's probably okay with that. And, but maybe other people aren't. And, and now it's like, she's definitely choosing to miss a day of work to two days of work to be home. Yeah. With it makes me wonder how this will make Sydney feel maybe not even in the moment, but like as she gets older. Absolutely. Thinking about all the sacrifices her mom is making for Victor that she did not make for her. And I mean, honestly, as a teacher, I worry about that sometimes. I think about how often the students who have behaviors get a lot more of my attention than the students who are just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I both understand it. It makes sense. But then I think, oh, I should not do that <laughs> you know and it's, but it's so hard because yeah. and, like you know it's yeah yeah it's the whole like equitable not equal like some students need yeah that and the others don't but they also still need something yes <laughs> um yeah. yeah and I could see Sydney being real jaded by that like you brought this large child not even <laughs> yeah. a baby and you're yeah. and you're bonding with him and and doing all these things for him yeah and he got to stay home and she didn't too yeah yeah, and when she tried, Joel just like, like I don't feel good. called her on her bullshit. Mm-hmm. I thought the story because I couldn't remember from last time. I was like, oh, here's that thing where they make Sydney go, and then her appendix bursts or something. <laughs> you know, I thought <laughs> it'll turn out she's really sick, um, and they forced her to go, but that's not where it went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the aforementioned conversation between Julia and Joel at three in the morning, which I guess they didn't discuss during dinner or going to bed or anything. I was dropping the kids off at school, and Victor, you know, he didn't want to go. He just, it was like he couldn't get out of the car. Okay, so he didn't go no, again. No, again he, he did go to school. But I told him that if he went in, that I would stay outside. All day? I know, it sounds ridiculous, but you should have seen him. The whole time that he's been here, he's been so tough. But I looked in his eyes, and he was so scared. And it just made me remember that he's a little boy. I couldn't leave him like that. And I'm sorry. I know we have to put some discipline there and establish some boundaries, but I couldn't, you know? You're amazing. Now, not to chew my own horn, but I feel a little bit like I called this one last episode. Because when we were talking about what is going to help her feel that connection, I said, I think if he shows her some vulnerability, and I think that's exactly what she just described there, Mm -hmm. was seeing how vulnerable this child was. And then that kicked in that protective, loving feeling. And yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Because Sally, in the last episode, she said that she felt like she was waiting to fall in love with her son. That was a really intense thing to say. But I think that's so, like, true, though. You know, I think if you adopt a child that's, I mean, obviously I haven't done it, but I think if you adopt a child that's not a baby or even maybe is a baby or even your own baby sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit to 
form that and find out who they are. And then, you know, you think about having a baby, babies are so like dependent on you and they're made for you to want to take care of them. Like they look at you, they do the things that you do. And, and then you have this big kid that like, doesn't want that and maybe hasn't received nurturing or love in the same way and doesn't care if you give that to them essentially that would be I think I think it's super hard for parents to bond with older kids when they adopt them sometimes wow yeah I loved this storyline too I thought parenthood is a show that often doesn't go where I think it's going to go and I you know even though I've seen it before you know sometimes I don't remember and I really liked her compromise of staying out there. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if I fully understand why that helped, but I think maybe it was just the gesture. You know, it was like showing you can trust me. If mm-hmm. I said, you know, even later when he's like, why'd you do that? And he, she's like, well, in this family, when we say we're going to do something, we do it. I think maybe he needed that, like that reliability, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, she comments, like, I think this is one of those moments they said we might encounter where he needs it to show that we are going to be here that we trust him or that, that we're trustworthy. And yeah, yeah. I think that was it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be here. I am here. Yeah. And that just makes me think sort of like, you know, when you're wondering who hurt Hank earlier, <laughs> Yeah, this makes me think who told Victor he could count on them and then wasn't trustworthy. Well, yeah. probably everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that just he's here kills in me. Situation. Right. It's funny when I telling that story about like, calling my mom halfway through school day to come get me. When I think back on it, the part of the story that means a lot to me is that she always came. I mean, and that's sort of the like Julia outside, you know, it was never, oh, Caleb, get over it. Yeah. Which honestly, she probably had every right to say a lot of the times, but it was Caleb, if you call and you need me, I'm going to come. And I knew that. And that's, means a lot well part of that is trust she trusted that you wouldn't have called if you didn't and you know even though victor is just like watching tv and playing video games you know and it can be easy to think this kid is a scammer you know like this kid Mm -hmm. you could you could think all these negative things but really he's hurt he's traumatized and you know i think it's pretty typical to try to get what you kind of can out of a situation i think that's a human thing, not just a kid thing, really. Yeah. But yeah, I think some people could like just look at the symptoms and not the cause or whatever. You know, they could just. I think, think Joel yeah. kind of did. Like, yeah. Joel yeah. seemed kind of irritated. Like, he was playing video games. He wants to watch TV. Like, yeah. well, every every kid's gonna want to do that. And yeah, and that's hard. It's like, at what point are you showing love by letting them do what they want, or at what point are you showing love by making them do the hard thing? And mm-hmm. so, really. I wonder if they could go back, you know, and and do it all over again. Maybe Julia would have done what she did on day one of school, yeah, you know, and not let him stay home those days. But I don't fault the storyline or the show for that. I think that, I think you come to that conclusion after you've tried the other thing. Like, okay, let's yeah. see if it helps to let him stay home. No, that did not help. Um, that di- that didn't solve anything because it just gave him what he wanted, not what he needed here's what we do. And I think that's where you get the real change. I think it was a good balance. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause it is trial and error sometimes of like, well, maybe he, maybe, and maybe he did need that. Like, okay, they're yeah. kind of working with me. They're trying to, to figure stuff out. They, they care. They're helping me. I also thought her response was interesting. Like in this family, we do what we say. Like I understood why she said that, but also like, 
because I love you and I'm I'm not going to leave you. Yeah, I think it would I have been like a too. nice, like, yeah. kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. well, I did it because I said I was going to do it. And so. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I wondered, is okay, that well, better or worse? Like, I know. Would, I, I would kinda, he respond more to, I keep my word? Or would he respond better to, I saw that you were really afraid and I thought that might help you. That's a great point too, though. That maybe, know, maybe that but... wouldn't have meant as much to him as like, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. Maybe later if they bond more, those feelings will mean more to him. But maybe right now it's just navigating. Can I trust you? Okay, yeah. I can. Cool. And that's that's so hard to, to figure out too. It's just such a wildly different experience, I would think. Uh, parenting Sydney and parenting Victor. I did love that she wrangled him into a hug <laughs> that he clearly didn't want to be part of. But I'm like, I don't know. It felt significant to me too. Like, hey, and then when we have a moment like this in this family, I physically express that I love you. He wasn't like maybe super into it, but he also wasn't like super fighting it either. Well, yeah, yeah. That's you know true, what I mean? True. Like if, if it would have been I'd like, be like, leave him alone, leave him alone. But, yeah. But he, yeah. it was like a reluctant kind of like, I don't know if we're there. And she's like, no, we are. And and then I think he was like, okay, we are like, yeah, it yeah. felt like a, a breaking the ice mm -hmm. sort of thing. It wasn't like one of those moments where you're like, uh, consent, you know, like I didn't right. feel yeah, like yeah, 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 no, yeah. it didn't feel like that at all. <laughs> yeah. it, didn't, it, it did. They did play that really well. I thought. Also, they needed that for his uh, opening credits in the theme song. They needed <laughs> that's the they need some kind of touching moment yeah. to yeah. like show. Yeah, that's they important. can't just show him sitting on the couch like putting cheese within his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to have something cute. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about puppies. <laughs> puppies. Puppies. The first note I took on the storyline was that I liked that Adam referred to a prospective puppy as that guy. <laughs> when he's in bed with Christine, he goes, that guy is going to be all over my house. Things. I didn't even notice That's that. Funny. I didn't That's notice funny. that either. That's really funny. Yeah. She so knew better, though, than to tell Max. Yeah. Like, that was manipulative. I think she's it like, was I too. didn't think about it. It's like, you don't know what Max is going to do. Like, if you tell him we might get, think about getting a dog. Yeah. Also, I think she would have been furious if Adam had done that. Yeah. Well, because then when Adam's like, peace out, <laughs> yeah. when Max is like, when are we getting the dog? Why can't we get that dog? We need to get that dog. And he's like, I got to go take a shower. Yeah. She didn't yeah. answer her phone. You kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Some little passive aggressive thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's hear this scene that M Melissa in her notes to me called comedic gold. <laughs> I need to talk to you about something. What? Well, oh. I had a, a whoopsie today. Yeah, you had a whoopsie? I had a whoopsie. What kind of whoopsie did you have? I may have told Max that. Hey, Dad, Mom said we're getting a dog. When did this happen, honey? Come here, look. Okay, She's look. doing research. She's a golden yeah. retriever. Great looking dog. See, golden retrievers were first bred in Scotland. <laughs> they're a mix between water spaniels and Labradors. And now the reason they're honey. called retrievers is because men would go out hunting. You see, mm. they would shoot the birds, and sometimes the birds would fall into the pond. So they would need a cool dog to be able to go swim and retrieve. Okay, let's just see? slow down for a second, okay, honey. No, I want to talk to your mom what? about this. What? Mom, Dad, we are dad, looking dad, at dad, dogs. Dad, dad, we're look, thinking about getting a dog. We're not necessarily getting a dog. Why wouldn't we? They're loyal and they're gentle and they have a whimsical personality they're whimsical. and they're the perfect family oh, companions they're whimsical, they're whimsical. Dad, yeah. the, this lady and her partner they've got one and life I and they live in Sausalito and sure that they're we open from 12 to dog. 3 tomorrow at okay. I know. The dog, yeah. It's only 23.6 miles away. Max, listen to Look at me. Listen. Look at me. It's only 38 miles away. Hold on, both of you, for a second. I never once said, ever, 
Thank you, babe. What I did never you once say? said that we were for sure getting yeah, a dog. Yeah, you said that you and dad talked about we getting spoke. a dog. We spoke. This is it. This is the one I want. Dad, this about, dog. Yeah. It's amazing. We're uh-huh. getting this Gosh. dog tomorrow. Max. Yes. Oh, my God, Max. Honey. You know how impossible this is going to be. I never said to Now he thinks we're getting this dog. I said that we would talk about it. Now I'm, I'm going to have to go explain to him that we may not even get a dog. Honey, we just had a baby. No, I just had a baby, okay? I squirted the baby out. Okay. I'm the one, but listen. for an apple? It's not an apple, I'll it's a tomato. I will talk to him. This is my fault. I'm sorry. That was just ad-libbed, right? I think when so. She's, I mean, it had, it was so good yeah. that when she's like, it's not an apple, it's a tomato. Like, I just like felt her in that moment. <laughs> like, oh my God, everything's going on. And it, no, it's a tomato. Like, I still need to teach the baby this isn't an apple. Yeah, I want to say at the end of last season, I questioned why Nora was even a new character on the show. And I just want to say, at the very least, boy, she earned her paycheck in this scene. Yep. Because when Christina was about to reveal what she said to Max and Nora put the food in her mouth, Uh I, I swear I remember hearing somewhere that the baby putting the spoon in Christina's mouth was unplanned. I can't remember where I heard that, but watching it, I don't know how it could have been planned. No. You couldn't get yeah. a, a kid that small to just do to it do on a specific To do anything. And, yeah. like, and it was just incredible. It was. And, and she then, just like rolled with it. Like every yeah. time, like it felt so like, yes, this is exactly what this conversation would I be like. Say, this isn't an apple. It's a tomato <laughs> to the baby in the middle of all this. That is when I lost my mind. I just started. Oh, I thought she was saying up. it to Adam. No. Because he says, can you get her an apple? I think Nora is like, apple. she's going apple, 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 <laughs> apple. And she's like, this is a, this is a tomato. And then she's back to like, whatever. Yeah. But Adam says to Christina, can you get her an apple? Oh, well, Oh. yeah. But I think it's because she keeps saying <laughs> apple. It's not an apple. It's a tomato. <laughs> yeah. Well, another little inconsistency perhaps that I want to point out. Why do you think Max is suddenly interested in getting a dog when in season one, he specifically did not want a dog. He wanted lizards and, you know, non-cuddly animals. And then also, why is Adam opposed to it now when back in season one, he would have loved that Max wanted a quote unquote normal pet? Wait, was that Adam? I thought that was Zeke. Zeke Well, Zeke really wanted it. I don't know. I guess I just assumed Adam did too. Well, I seems, could be wrong. It seems in keeping mm-hmm. with what Adam wanted. I mean, I guess people's minds change. I mean, when I was a kid, I was terrified of dogs. And then when I met Mark, he had Knuckles, you know, this big giant dog who I was a little bit afraid of at first. And then I loved him so much. And now we have three dogs and I'm not scared of dogs at all. I also think he says like, we just had a baby. Yeah. Because I remember thinking like after we had Frey, it was so like all encompassing. I had nothing left. And I remember one of my friends got a puppy and I was like, how are you going to take care of another thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that seems insane to me that you would bring another thing into your home to take care of, even <laughs> though like they didn't have a baby, you know? And, and then since then, like we've gotten new animals and it's been fine, but like that newer baby stage yeah. is like, yeah how and she's not like a new baby but still i mean she's still pretty little and that's pretty demanding the cynical part of me is like because the storyline called for it but i do think you know there are shifts like with christina it makes sense because of her oldest daughter going to college you know and and she even they even call attention to that they say that she's my buddy i miss her right like yeah Yeah. you also have like an 18 month old so yeah like like, perhaps that would help with take care of her you know like (laughs) I know. Yeah, I bought it. I mean, because I 
Yeah, Max changed his mind. Maybe three years ago, he wasn't interested in dogs. And also, it wasn't his idea. It was Christina's idea. Mm-hmm. She said it, and it got him mm-hmm. excited. Got him excited yeah. about and yes, it. Yes, and, yeah. and their circumstances have changed. So Adam might have been interested in a dog before, and now it just seems like one more mm-hmm. thing to provide for. Yeah. They go to this puppy breeder. The note I took uh. was, puppy breeders are not good, right? But I don't have dogs. The, I feel like the, they never talk about yeah. that. Were those so your my, thoughts? Yeah. My, my notes say, love the dog ladies, but upset with their ethics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would never, ever, ever buy a dog. That's not. And and of course, there are some breeders who are fine, mm-hmm. but still like just the idea of breeding kind of goes against my ethics. I am involved with our humane society locally and I'm a strong advocate for always adopting. So I, I would never buy a dog or because, you know, then they get so like interbred they get like hip dysplasia and weird yeah. like i mean I'm, a, I'm not like an expert on it but like yeah so because they, they breed them for certain characteristics like i think it's french bulldogs that can't even like they have to be like artificially inseminated and have c-sections like oh. they wouldn't exist without human and like don't they have a really hard time breathing yeah and so they, because bred, they have those so. little short noses yeah because yeah. people are like they're cute i actually just learned about i think they're called scottish fold cats they have like the little droopy ears And I was just reading about this the other day that it's a genetic mutation that just happened. So this farmer went out and like his barn cat had this thing and they were like, oh, that's cute. And she had some kittens. And I think they ended up kind of breeding out this trait because people liked it. And then they realized it's because they have a cartilage disorder. And so they're in pain. They have arthritis. They don't live very long. But and so in like the UK, they were like, okay, this breed is banned. We can't breed this cat and in the u.s someone took like one of her kittens and they still breed them and continue because because people think they're cute oh that's so So, awful super cool that we do that as humans but yeah so yeah i'm just so like against any because yeah there are some breeders that like i've actually had friends who bred dogs and and their kennels were clean and they were well taken care of and but then some people just crank them out we actually um the humane society seized nine chihuahua mixes from these people who just were overrun they had 27 dogs oh my gosh yeah and and it was just awful yeah well and i i gotta say i simultaneously thought that scene with all the dogs running around was super cute i'm like yeah because they're cute yeah it's not the dog's fault like we're not anti-golden retrievers no they're precious (laughs) that was the first dog that i was ever not scared of i will say like my aunt and uncle had a golden retriever and it was so friendly and sweet so yeah I, i i get it but when the dog ladies who were funny but they like told adam how much it cost and adam was like, well, that's a lot of money. And Christina's like, but we can, it's worth it. And I'm like, yeah, go to the Humane Society and spend like 50 bucks. Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me. I have, you know, three dogs and all of them are from the Humane Society. I would never dream of anything else. And they're all like precious little babies. They're so cute and so sweet. Yeah, like it's not like they're any less special. I don't know. So yeah, I did like how Max was like, we're rich. It's fine. And then he's like, <laughs> okay. And they're like, we're not rich. And he's like, we're well off. We're very well off. I was like, that's pretty, okay. That was pretty good. But yeah, was yeah. Funny. yeah the From whole, his yeah, perspective, I'm sure. Like, he's like, have you seen like, our house? Um, yeah, this know. is amazing. We are yeah. not middle-class guys. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we're a one salary family. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess now they're two. Yeah, whatever. We should note that by the end of the episode, they are adopting a puppy. So yeah good for them good and whatever little puppy they had you know i honestly 
I didn't remember that they got a dog, and I don't remember if the one they were holding at the end of this episode is the one they end up getting. I did remember they got a dog. I'm going to predict the dog's name because okay. I don't actually I don't remember, remember for a fact. I feel like the dog is Otis, and I could be totally wrong, and won't that be fun? Tune in next time to <laughs> yeah. see if Melissa yeah. is Such totally a cliffhanger. wrong. Whoa. I love it. I, I know. Love it. Like, they were on the fence about this episode, but now they got to know. They now they know. have to know. Yeah, they have to know. But yeah, I did remember they got a dog because I thought it was an interesting choice. It's actually, I think, more interesting that more of these families don't have dogs. You know, I feel like that's such mm-hmm. a common thing for families to have pets, but it must be tough on a TV show to like deal with pets. <laughs> I mean, so, they already yeah. have all these kids they're dealing with. Yeah. They're like, we don't have room for friends or pets. You know, they're or just pets. like, yeah. <laughs> just, the lizard is fine. But. <laughs> Well, Sally, you mentioned earlier that scene where Christina talks about replacing Hattie with a dog. And (laughs) Melissa, I took just this clip because I know you're always on the lookout for the usage of this word. And this felt significant. We did everything together. I was like, she's my buddy, you know? Everybody calls everybody buddy on this show. It is nuts. Really? Yeah. Buddy comes up like they could have a drinking game for buddy. Like it's Julia called Victor buddy. In mm-hmm. this episode, I know. Yeah. Oh, just, interesting. Yeah. And sometimes it really works. Like, I think it makes sense you would call your kid buddy. But, like, I did think it was a little strange for that to be what Christina said about her 18-year-old daughter. You know, I've never <laughs> said that about, like, any of my students. Like, well, he's my mm-hmm. buddy. You know? Like, I feel like talking directly to a seven-year-old, you'd say, all right, buddy. Uh, you know, and my dog's name is Buddy, so I say Buddy all the time. But I do think that's weird to just be like, like sometimes Amber will say it to a friend, like, "What's up, Buddy?" You know, <laughs> I'm just like, this is not how teenagers talk. I don't know. It's all very weird. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, I weirdly have one friend that we do call each other Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, hey, and I don't buddy. know why that. Yeah, hey, Buddy, and I don't know when that oh. started, but we both do it to each other. That's cute. Yeah. My friend John and I, uh, he's my coworker friend. We call each other Teach. <laughs> We're like, hey, teach. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway. Well, the big reveal at the end of this episode at the puppy van is that Christina found a lump in her breast. Yeah. Which we don't actually hear, but we mm-hmm. see her getting a mammogram. We see the doctor calling her in. We see the doctor telling her something. And then I feel like I could literally read Monica Potter's lips when she was pointing at her breast and she said, found a lump. Yeah. I looked it up and I want to say that according to WebMD, eight out of 10 breast lumps aren't cancer. So finding so, a lump doesn't necessarily is mean, although that would probably, still be incredibly scary, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Terrifying. And I should also mention this storyline was inspired by Monica Potter's real life. You know, I had gone around this time last year for. Um, a screening, a breast exam, a mammogram. That's what it's called. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So I went. Doing good. I know. I went and I got the mammogram and they said, we found a little something. We need to, you to come back in a few weeks. I went home and I panicked and I thought, this is BS. Nobody in my family has breast cancer. This is my first exam. And I emailed Jason and I said, you know, I'm really scared about something. Um, Can we sort of maybe explore this storyline for Christina? I have to go back in a a few weeks. And Mm. I knew that his wife had gone through it, Kathy. And he emailed me back and he said, 
Oh my God, I have the chills. I'm in the writing room. We just broke the story for Christina. Wow. So it was just kismet. Wow. wow. And it was like, I went back and I'm fine. Obviously I'm good. Um, wow. And so it was just one of those things where he said, I really want you to be a part of you know, this collaboration. I knew the part about Jason Kadem's wife, but I didn't know the other part. That's so interesting. Oh, and see, and I knew, I did not know about his wife. Huh. And I knew that she had had a scare. Wow. <laughs> I wondered if the reveal at the end of the episode might have been more powerful if we hadn't seen Christina as the doctor. You know, she she mentions offhand in the scene before, well, I have to go to the doctor's appointment, so I'll meet you there. Once we see her getting the mammogram, then you know. I think we're immediately ahead of the story. Like, okay, well, she's getting a mammogram. There's going to be, it's not going to be totally clean. But I feel like if we hadn't seen her at the doctor, then I think we would have had to hear what she said to Adam at the end. They yeah. couldn't have done that. So maybe it was just a trade-off. The way that she played it was really interesting because it was like she was worried the whole time. And mm. so I thought, like, does she have a family history? Like, have they addressed this? Because I didn't know if it had been, like, addressed in the show before that, like, she's been nervous about getting it. Because, like, I haven't had a mammogram, but I think they're, like, hella painful because they smush your booby like a pancake. And so, yeah. like, she didn't look like painful face. She looked like worried face. Yeah. And then when she's waiting in the lobby, she looks worried. And it's like, so she... Like the way that they played it was like something's definitely wrong. And it was almost like she already knew something was wrong. It's like Monica Potter knew where the storyline was heading and let that show on her face before the character knew almost. Yeah, rather than like, oh, here's my run in the mill. This is what we're doing today. Like Every I have year to get it. And it's never anything. Yeah. One thing I thought yeah. was masterful that they did. They mentioned the gynecologist before the opening credits, but it was so seamless. I only bumped on it because I knew... Christina's, you know, storyline in the calendar, in yep. the calendar, when Crosby's reading out all the stuff, Oh, hair appointment. Oh, gynecologist. Good thing. We know that. And that like, just goes through it. And I'm like, that was really effective. I thought like, because I, you know, I don't think you would think anything of that. He's just reading, like you'd put that in there. Cause it's an embarrassing thing for your brother-in-law to know about as he's reading the calendar. And so I thought that was just really, really well done. But I didn't mind that we saw her in the gynecologist but I then of course you do know but it just reminded me of like in movies where if someone is sneaking out of the house each night and that's just a reality and you only see that once you see them sneak back in you're like oh this is the time they get caught you're not going to just see them seamlessly climb back in their window and get yeah. into bed and go to sleep and so I thought yeah we would not be in here seeing this appointment if it wasn't something yeah but I didn't really mind that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had given me the warning, Melissa, because you told me she does have cancer and, and my mom died of cancer. And so you gave me kind of like a, Hey, heads up about this, which I appreciated. But so when I heard the gynecology appointment, I was like, okay, so she either has breast cancer or ovarian cancer. Like, and it immediately right. stuck out to me because I knew going in that yeah. it was not going to, not going to be a good thing. I feel like I should mention that the episode is called left field. And I assume it's because this news is supposed to come out of left field yeah and i don't if if we're not ready i don't want to get too much into like wrapping up mode but i had to say i didn't love this episode really it felt like every story was so small huh. that i just wasn't terribly invested i'm like a puppy drew's breakup scheduling conflicts and victor's school attendance this is not eugene o'neill it wasn't <laughs> badly done it just I not it was involving. kind of life, though. 
you know? Yeah. And like when halfway through I took the note, I'm like, is this the lowest stakes episode of Parenthood ever? I think that's by design. And I wondered if that's what it was. Because then it made all this stuff and then cancer. Like Yeah, if they wanted it to feel like out of left field, I'm like, are they making everything like as mundane as possible so that this really does feel like it dropped out of nowhere? Mm -hmm. And on my second watch, I did appreciate the episode more, particularly how funny it is. I feel like there's a lot of just little asides Mm -hmm. that they're not big jokes, but little random you know doodle puss and retrieve mm-hmm. and, and the brownies that's... sucked like that was funny too yeah. like, or the pancake raw on the inside again you yeah know? Like, yeah he's like, well, just like little tiny things that's a running funny. joke in this episode that sarah can't bake uh, that's true <laughs> yeah that's yeah they were both times for me i like i just want to say as far as the doctor like i have never had a doctor get me from the lobby mm. and i've never met with a doctor in their office so mm. i feel like those are things that only happen on tv i think you're right totally well, Max said she... maybe that's what rich people doctors do. <laughs> like I've never been like in a doctor's office, like personal office. I've not had a mammogram and I actually should because I turned 40 a couple months ago. So I need to get on scheduling that. Maybe this show will remind me. But I also wondered, sorry to interrupt, but I wondered if that was also maybe part of the reason they actually showed her getting the mammogram mm. was just out of a sense of responsibility or, or wanting to model like you like, should do hey, this. This is what a mammogram is in case yeah. you never had yeah. one. And maybe you just turned 40 and maybe I should go get one. Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa. But your doctor will not get you from the lobby. That will be a nurse, yeah. I'm sure. And and you won't be in your normal clothes. You'll probably be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I she also, got the results the same day. That was what I was about to say. That's like, why I said I've never had one before. Is it normal for you to sit there? I can't imagine. Like, don't they call you later and tell you if everything was normal or not or if you need to come in? Like that. That was my guess, but I, I don't know. It's funny. I just Googled how long for mammogram results. Yeah. And? And what popped up said, you can usually expect the results of a screening mammogram within two weeks. Okay. Yeah. If you're having a mammogram as a follow-up test, you may get the results before you leave the appointment. Maybe it was a follow-up. Maybe that's why she's so worried. And there's that- a deleted scene somewhere where she's going back. Yeah, that would make oh. more sense. That would make more sense if this was like they did find a lump and now I'm getting another mammogram. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked this episode a lot. Um, I think what I did notice was that it felt a lot funnier than we've been in a while. It's been more like increasingly more and more serious. And I thought that was a really smart choice in an episode that's sort of zany and funny to end with something really sad. For one thing, I think it, catches you more off guard you know you're just like oh left field that really was uh, unexpected but I also think maybe they just wanted to give us a little something light before we are thrust into what I remember being like probably the saddest heaviest storyline on the entire show and really so yeah maybe they were like okay let's have some dog humor <laughs> let's just keep it light and now you're in it like, I feel like we've even had guests on before who've said, like, I remember we had Re in season two and she said she watched the first few seasons and then she was like, I'm out. It got too heavy. And I thought, I bet you anything it's Christina's storyline. Like, I think. Yeah. I think- and I think my cousin Sarah said the same thing or maybe that was her husband. John, yeah, I think he was out. Who was like, yeah, I got it. Forget it. I think of season four as the cancer season. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, when I redo our theme every year for the season premiere, I did a sad version of our theme song 
But then I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, well, they don't even mention cancer in this yeah. episode. So, but I think that's so that true. Like work. from my own experience, like that's so true to life that like it takes over everything. Like yeah. it does. I mean, it does take over your whole life and every part of your life. And yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting choice to put that on TV because it's a real risk. You know, you might lose some people because they might be like, well, this is fucking sad and there's enough sadness in my life and this is not what I'm going to turn to. But then of course, some people might have the opposite reaction and find Mm -hmm. it comforting to watch someone else go through it and process it. And I imagine it's probably a pretty even split 50, 50 of people who would want to see a storyline like that if they'd gone through it and people who would not. That's my guess. One see, and I wouldn't at this point, I don't even think of it as sad. I think of it as terrifying sure what's gonna happen yeah, there's so I just, much unknown. i can't imagine yeah. being in that position i i've heard from a lot of people that the hardest part of cancer well i shouldn't say the hardest part the first big hard thing is just accepting that you have it like hearing that word and going oh i have cancer well because i feel like it can it's mean so many word. things like it can mean oh i'm getting a mole removed or I'm probably going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. and so, and then I think that being in that not knowing is like probably, the, I mean, and I've, I mean, I personally have some anxiety and so not knowing for me is like the worst. And so it's like yeah. just this, how do we plan for something that we have no idea? Like, and for my mom's cancer, like we knew right away that it was not good, but then there were things along the way that we had no idea. Like, they had told us in December at one point that she, she was on hospice, she was going to die. And then she lived eight more months. So it's just like, there's all of this, like, and I was pregnant at the same time. And so there were lots of really bizarre, like we found out they couldn't do treatment and then they could. And then we found out we were having a girl and it was just such a bizarre, like roller coaster of stuff. I can't even imagine the like joy of one event and the despair of the other event just yeah. coexisting at once that just sounds like the most overwhelming thing you could possibly go through yeah if you don't mind me asking was mm-hmm. hers detected in a like a routine mammogram or was it she she didn't way? have breast cancer actually she had um she oh, had okay. leukemia and um she had acute myeloid leukemia and she actually had had a dental surgery and it wasn't healing and she went to the doctor and um her white cell count was like through the roof and they immediately sent her to an oncologist who immediately said you need to go to KU right now and so it was like and I we were going to tell our parents it was fourth of July weekend we were going to tell our parents that weekend that I was pregnant and so on the way to Kansas City I I just said, I just blurted out I'm pregnant because I thought, I don't know what's going to happen. I need her to know that. And that's one of the biggest regrets I have because we were really close and um, she didn't have a day of knowing that I was pregnant and not knowing that she had cancer. (laughs) And so it was like constantly part of that, which is, I mean, obviously rationally, I know like there's no way (laughs) I could have known that that was going to be the case, but that's a huge thing that I I wish she could have had a day of knowing without also battling cancer. So, Yeah. 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 And talk about left field. I mean, you go to the dentist. It was yeah. insane. It was absolutely insane. Yeah. She turned 60. She had her dental procedure the next week. And then I think it was the next week she was diagnosed. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. Bad. It was insane. Yeah. Sorry. That's kind of a downer. Dead mom no, stuff. But no. like, I mean, like, Thank I you asked, I think I asked, to talk about it. I think I asked you, Melissa, maybe um, at my mom's visitation, if um, there was like a dead parent club that I get <laughs> yeah. to be a part of now. Cause I was like, otherwise it's just like, there's no benefits unless there's like some <laughs> kind of club I can be a part of. So yeah, no, it's, 
it's yes, you are. And I have found that like people I know who have gone through that, I mean, everybody's experience is totally different. Mine Mm -hmm. could not be more different. Mine was like so slow with my dad, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was disabled for 10 years before he died. And every time he went to the hospital, we were like, could he die, you know, for 10 Mm -hmm. years? And it was just very stressful in a different way. And it almost made when he really did die, it felt almost uh, unreal because I would like joke that he was going to outlive us all, you know, like I just sort of. No, yeah. Yeah. And so it's different for everybody. But like, I imagine in some ways it's just, yeah, it like kind of unifies you because it is this hard thing that not everyone's gone through, especially when you're pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to trivialize real life experiences by then talking about a show, but I do I feel like we're at the precipice of something and I'm like, who right now? Yeah. We're, we're heading into this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a very, very small way, it sort of mirrors that, that real life feeling you have of, Oh, now we're in this. Now you know? what? Like, now what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's who, and, and I get, I, I do get why people will put this on TV, you know, and that's why I remember. The, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And, and, I'm trying to think, like, on this show, have we had anything this serious? And I don't think we have. Like, we've had, no. you know, Crosby cheats on Jasmine. But that's not life or death Like, stuff. life or death stuff. Yeah. yeah. We had that's... Zeke have a little health scare, but even that was that AFib. Felt... Yeah. So it wasn't, like, an urgent, you it's, know, life-threatening thing. Like something it to was, watch out this for. This is a condition to, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and I feel like making it a, a mom... Like, mm-hmm. and not that, that yeah, I mean, also he's in not his, like know, trying 70s. to like, but like making it this, this mother of this family with, there is a little baby and there, like, so this is probably going to impact the whole family, you know? Yeah. 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 Something I'm also wondering this time around when Adam was at TNS, I'm sure he had like a corporate health insurance plan for his whole family. Now he owns his own business. He's probably paying for his own oh, health insurance gosh. Yeah. and for all of his family like, I don't remember them ever delving. They, into I was. That they should have addressed that because yeah. that yeah. would be real life. Like that would be. Now so she has to go to this life. hospital because their insurance and their insurance yeah. premium is going to go up. And yeah, yeah, totally. Good point. Ugh. So it's such a weird thing to say because I love this show and I feel like often at the end of an episode I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to feel like that all season. It, it's not like I'm going to dread it, but. I do feel like I'm going to have to gear myself up in a way like it won't just be, oh, fun, relaxing TV like it has yeah. been up, up to this point. And yeah. Yeah. I feel so torn about the cancer storyline in general. I remember it being really well done, right? I, I do, too. And I remember it being, you know, if season three wasn't my favorite, I would have said season four is. So I remember it being a very good season. And I know it got a lot of acclaim, particularly Monica Potter. She for is her very performance. good. On the plus side, breast cancer specifically is very common. Lots of people are going through this. And so to have a platform for that and to show people going through it in a respectful and serious way, I think is good. And obviously there's a lot of drama and stories to be derived from that. On the other hand, I feel like parenthood sometimes has this reputation of being like a very weepy sad show you you tune in to watch people crying 
and can a cancer storyline almost feels like the most cliched thing to do. Like, almost like Emmy. All right, let's or go something. for maximum tears this season. We're bringing out cancer, but then I feel bad even saying that when it's like, but cancer is not a an awards bait thing. It's a real thing that people have to deal with. I, so I, yeah, yeah. I think it's I a fine line. Yeah, it is. Well, and you have to be so careful, I think, when you do things that you do it in a respectful way that isn't Mm -hmm. you want to honor people who will be watching who this hits close to home. Well, and it sounds like they may have filmed it as she was kind of going through her own thing. So I think she I mean, think of how like raw those emotions would be for her. And like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they the way she made it sound is like they did kind of work together and consult and like, which she, she obviously ended up not having cancer, but some of those feelings and and how interesting for her to want to explore that rather than not you know then I don't her... I don't want to think about that again she's yeah, like no let's yeah. really get into this like let's yeah that's such an interesting thing I don't think I don't know that I would be that way if I went through something really scary I don't yeah I mean I do write poetry I guess about the harder things I've gone through but it tends to be way later <laughs> you know it's like a processing thing way later I think it, you know but may again maybe if she had had cancer she'd be like let's, it'd be like let's yeah. not talk about this yeah I did find an article from the LA Times about her and this storyline where she said that one of her sons in real life who I think it said he was 22 didn't want her to do it and he said I know you I know how you work and you're going to end up getting sick oh. if you do this storyline like cancer sick or like just I think that's what he meant like that you're almost like tempting fate. Like will yourself to get cancer. Let me pretend that I'm getting cancer because I just had this, you know, found this lump or something and it wasn't. I think it was like a don't tempt fate. Oh. Kind of concern. Wow. That's so, that doesn't even. It's interesting. Some people believe in that stuff. I know that like Mark will not go to like a psychic or have tarot cards read or something. He he thinks like you are tempting. He's like, he's like, you stay away from all that stuff. So maybe I really want to do it. I really want to like, <laughs> I'm just kind of like a button pusher sometimes too. But like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Next Drives time we all hang crazy. out, you'll just bring some tarot cards and just yeah. like watch Mark squirm. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked the episode and I think maybe the reason I liked it is I knew this is the last funny we're going to get in a while. Fair. Thanks for letting me watch this one. Yeah. Instead of, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah. exactly remember how it went down. And I remember like watching it with you in mind because I knew it was your episode and I was like I am glad that that is the very tail end Um, yeah that is that is good yeah but yeah I'm really glad that you came on here me too yes it was great to meet you (laughs) you too yeah we should just do this for funsies sometimes yeah shouldn't we wouldn't that be good yeah I'm a fan of zoom and we could actually see each other now the world is different I suppose at least somewhat. I don't kind know. Of. Getting kind there. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of. Will you tell Mark I said hi? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And pet, and pet all the puppies for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Give Freya a hug. Tell Matt yes. hi. And all that. I will. Everyone, please check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parenthood Pals everywhere. And you can always find us at parenthoodpals.com. That's right. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate And yeah. it was fun. It was yeah. a joy. It was fun. All right. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true.